0: How are things, Mario? What's going on? Good weekend?
1: Yeah, good weekend. Just busy. Just uh, I'm just uh, I have a investment property down here, real estate. So I'm just maintaining it down here in New Orleans. So you planning uh, to uh, stay there? No, no, no. I'm just here. We did renovations on the house, and now we're just finding a tenant. It's taking a little bit of time just because the market's so slow. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be back in New York by Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. So yeah. you, are you
0: also one of the lot of people who basically, obviously, I'm, I know quite a few of my friends have moved out for good due to COVID related concerns for years. How do you look at it?
1: No, no, no. I'm I'm going to be back in the city and, and my, uh, my mom lives in New Jersey. So I have, I have an easy outlet out of the city. Um <laughs> I'm renting my apartment in New York right now. So like, okay. it's you know, I'm going to go where, where I need to be, you know? So the right. good thing is I have the flexibility to be in, in different parts. So I'm, I'm lucky in that respect.
0: Good. What are you working yeah. on these days?
1: What's keeping yeah, you up? A lot. Um, you know, <laughs> one of our clients is Zero Egg. So basically mm-hmm. we launched our it's a fully plant-based egg alternative. So we launched um, about a month ago now. So B2B right now. We're not gonna go into food service until next year. We're we're kind of just building up into food service. Uh, sorry, retail. Mm. We're gonna eventually go into retail next year. So really, kind of early stages of just what the launch looks like in a B2B perspective in the food service industry. So that's that's one of our uh objectives and then basically um continuing with our food beverage and cannabis webinars and just kind of being that platform for those how, do, so brands
0: how did people. you get into this space martin i i, I mean i personally know uh a, a little bit about your work obviously because i've been following your work especially during the indie bio sosv days yeah but how did you get into this basically
1: uh really I mean just just kind of seeing what what sort of the the benefit of just cannabis in general kind of really intrigued me and and the more I kind of read about it the more I kind of started really meeting people in that in in that space you know it it falls really naturally into a food as medicine type of you know environment so for for me seeing really focusing on plant-based stuff like you you can't help but just look into cannabis as well and and see Mm. what what the emergence of those things are going to be. So that's, that's for, for us, for like bootleg avocado, that's what we're trying to really bring everything together. You know, we're not, we're not a fully, you know, we just don't do plant-based products. We're also looking into other things like um, mycology, you know, cannabis, it's all kind of really coming together. And that's, that's really what our focus is on at the end of the day. So the platform is really more webinar, more discussions, more bringing brands to to exposure and and all that stuff um, as it kind of as the cannabis industry kind of matures along the way. So, um, but I mean, we talk about food. We talk about a lot of different things. We talk about how cannabis really helps on the medical end of things and treatment. So, just as much as plant based products do. So, that you know, continuing that, that's more of kind of the, the marketing arm of certain things. And then we also take on other clients. Early stage companies in the plant-based world, mostly mostly international. So Zero came out of Israel. They they reached out to uh, to me on that, and I'm working with a couple companies in South America, which uh, you know, um, which are really looking into expanding into different countries, including the U.S. Um, mm. You know, one kind of in the mushroom space, and another one in the uh, more uh clean uh, clean label type of products you know which is kind of the other trend which is kind of happening now but just clean level label in general getting away from kind of the um the beyond meats of the world and all that stuff and just going back to kind of the natural type of ingredients that we can really look at so Mm. um so yeah that's that's basically kind of what we're what we're doing so a lot of things <laughs> we just need to figure out how to really streamline and all that stuff and then you know we have we have a, a group of chefs that really help us uh mostly kind of on the R and <clears throat> menu development end that our clients are looking at so mm. you know how
0: i mean so obviously you for starters would be very happy with the in these in the recent elections obviously last week with the legalizing of marijuana which was a big big uh thing almost like long overdue i would
1: say right yeah i mean at least for my home state new jersey so we're incorporated in new jersey which is kind of nice so that that works out um if we want to definitely jump more into the cannabis industry as far as production or consulting um but right now we're just kind of really more you know help to market some of those things and, and tell those stories but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely good. Um, if I was less busy, then I can really focus on that. But unfortunately, fortunately, I am really busy. So plant-based is kind of what we're looking at on a global gotcha. scale. And then, you know, seeing if we could do anything on a local scale in, in Jersey when I get back. So, I mean, it's going to still be a couple of months before that actually comes in full swing. Everyone's kind of really, you know, uh, getting people together right now and seeing what people can do. So we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: I remember uh, actually Zero Egg guys, and we've been kind of uh, busy with our. Uh, I remember they were who introduced us actually. Somebody uh, introduced us to Zero Egg back in September, I think. I can't remember.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. the based out of Israel. One of our family offices that we worked there. But what's what do you? What's your take on their product basically?
1: I mean, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, uh, (laughs) I'm consulting for them. So, um, I mean, I, what I can say definitely in, in kind of general, you know, it's, it's a really outstanding product in the sense that it's the most versatile product out there. So egg in general is a very versatile, versatile ingredient um i mean you can whip things you can uh, make custards you can you know use leavening you know use it for leavening purposes so for us it's it's just like it was a very unique product in general to see if it can actually one do all those things and two you know the flavor and taste profile things are, are kind of the, the the important things you know if it doesn't taste good or if it's got some bad aftertaste it's not really worth it for the most part So those are the kind of the two things we were really excited about is kind of the versatility and the flavor of the product.
0: Obviously when you look at uh, Just Egg, for instance, um, how do you see the space growing as in now? We don't have that, that much competition of players in that space as yet, right?
1: No, not not really. Not to like a large scale, like like just. I mean, they're they've raised two hundred twenty million dollars, so they they can do whatever they want. They can burn that money as quickly as they want or as slow as they want. Right. Um, but the the newer um ex startups that are coming through, you know, obviously they're they've only have one or two million in their in their bank, so they're definitely going to be more specialized. I would say i mean just actually started i mean their focus is like the scramble and then they do dressings and all that stuff yeah, that's I, how josh
0: went about it yeah
1: yeah and and now they're going to definitely expand so what you'll see is a lot of these egg alternatives are really going to try and specialize in certain areas so one will probably do doing baking i think there's a there's a product out okay <laughs> that does just baking products you know which is great um you know there'll be other kind of people that'll merge especially coming from the, the meat alternative, I mean, mm. they're probably spinning spinning their own egg alternatives in in-house. In mm. So I would think it's just gonna be a little bit more focused on um certain applications and certain types of um functionality within within cooking that an egg will replace more than anything else.
0: So know? do you do you see in the egg alternative space a particular trend type of product that you think will be most successful that in that would really uh how do i say this um you know interest lps investors to come in this space especially with a lot of people who are not kind of aware or understand this from an investment standpoint as a as an as an investment threat in in egg alternatives as a targeting a specific like just bakery or just egg as a standalone product or as an ingredient player
1: yeah well I mean the, the, the alternative egg industry is so so young that um, the, yeah. the issue sh- issue is that it comes right now your alternatives is it, it comes in a liquid form but it doesn't last long in your fridge if it comes in a powder form it's too much work for a home a home cook to kind of really put together and, and monitor and like you know it's that's more driven towards food service so Right now, I don't, I don't think there's a very, very convenient way of delivering the product to the market um, that's convenient, just like an egg. So an egg, is it comes in its own little capsule. It stays in the fridge for a good couple of weeks and you can mm. use you, whatever you want and you can use for multiple things. So like that's the perfect product. It already exists. Mm-hmm. So how, how can you basically you know backtrack and, and replicate that in a plant-based side? It, it's difficult. And it's going right. to take a good couple of years. So that's why... I'll, that's why even the early adopters or early products that are being launched right now, they're, they're good. They're definitely getting better, but we need to get to that point that it you know, doesn't have to come in an egg form, but it just needs to be a longer shelf life, easy to use, and, and as versatile as, as it can be. So there's del- definitely a lot of work to be done um, mm-hmm. as far as what success looks like that's going to depend on who that user is so if we're we're talking retail then it needs to be very foolproof very easy longer shelf like exactly what, what we're talking about if we're talking about food service and large scale it needs to be able to be mass produced um it needs to be able to um be very specific to certain applications and and even work perform better than the original egg would do you know so
0: there's definitely a lot of different
1: things um, that, that really needs to happen over the next couple of years in order for that to to, to really- Have you
0: been looking Go. at it so intriguing and I wanted to ask you this question. There's, there's obviously a little bit of controversy around poultry per se, how mm-hmm. uh, the animals are treated uh, in this space, and less of a meat play, but more even in the egg space as well. So, is what do you kind of you know wanted to learn a little bit? How do you look at that whole aspect in terms of the impact and the animal welfare treatment piece?
1: Yeah, I mean that's definitely uh, the other focus of it not not just on yeah. your personal health but also the environment. So, like again, it, it's good that these competitors are really coming through and launching their brands because at the end of the day, they're reducing the the the, um, the footprint on on the environment. So less water. Less land it, it takes up to kind of really produce the product, and the mar, the 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 animal welfare part of it is you know that's that's always kind of been the the, the crux of the issues you know, where, you know even though we're the, a lot of the products are coming through, um you know do benefit the person it's it's the it's in the environment at that end of the day which is really gonna give the longevity of the product and the validity of the product better. Um, I think there's better things we could do with our lands, you know, in, in a lot of those senses. And and I think mm-hmm. growing more plants is one of the things that we, we, we definitely should do.
0: Do you think these these products, even if you look at not just egg, but meat as well, they, they will be energy efficient in terms of resource, whether it's uh, land, water utilization, or energy efficient as well in terms of, how how entrepreneurs or startups go about the space as as they scale up?
1: That's a difficult part. So it comes down to supply, you know, like a lot of people are relying on soy and they're relying on those type of um, proteins that, you know, is detrimental to the environment right now. So it is gonna get better. There are gonna be cleaner label products coming through, locally, more locally sourced label, product as well like like soy like uh, fava beans uh chickpeas and all that stuff you know i've I've talked to a few companies like that right now that they're they are producing you know the the fava beans and the protein the peas and all that stuff now they just need to be able to process it and then sell it to a big company like just or whoever else is looking for more of a cleaner and straightforward supply chain so it's really going to come down supply and how fast that supply chain can be built um, in a more ethical and, and environmental way. That's that's really it. Right now, pr- a lot of soy is really coming from Brazil, <laughs> yeah. really having a negative impact on how it's being created and, and what it's doing down there, so.
0: Do you, have you been tracking, so, you know, when, and having lived in Asia and Europe for a bit, um, I kind of worked with European and Asian institutions, mm-hmm. culturally, soy is looked at very differently by us in the US vis-a-vis in Europe and Asia.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so how do, how do you see that space evolving basically? Because clearly it's, it's, it's I, I'm, I struggle sometimes of our dependency as of now on, on, on soy as an ingredient in a lot of these all protein products, right?
1: Yeah, I mean everyone's trying to 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 stay away from soy just because it is an allergen, it is um you know not being uh distributed or supplied properly. So that's why everyone's kind of jumping into things like fava beans and chickpeas and hemp seed, um other forms of protein in order to do that. The only thing with those with that that issue is kind of the um it takes longer and it's not as easy as really for those proteins really come together in these products you know it needs more, a little bit more processing it needs a little bit more of a hand holding through the through the um ideation stage and the creation of the product so that's you know they're not as friendly uh, you know to really bring things together and bring products together that's that's the issue It's going to take a little bit of time how so from a
0: clean labeling standpoint you know one is how do we how do we do a better job as a community as a society to educate consumers more and more in mm-hmm. terms of because there's there's due to lack of education awareness a lot yeah. sometimes i feel consumers have these certain misinformed mm-hmm. ill informed myths about certain ingredients and products which might or might not necessarily be true or to what extent basically they might be true from a clean yeah. labeling standpoint yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, it, yeah, sorry, go. Yeah, yeah. so a lot of this comes with transparency. Right now, right. Um, you know, or I'm actually, we're working with a client right now that, it, that their whole thing is coming up with a transparency platform from a B2C perspective. So mm. how to really educate the, um, the curious consumer, the flexitarian, as far as what products are out there and what, what these products have within the product itself. And then educating them on like what, what that impact is, you know, overall. So right now, a lot of people don't know what's in kind of your beyond me or people don't know what's in your, I don't know, your, any other type of alternative. And what the meat industry is doing is spinning that and saying, okay, well these are, these are not clean label. These are worse for you than animal products. Like yeah, exactly. definitely that, that battle of, okay, people taking sides on this stuff. If, but if you're not fully educated, you're not, you're going to fall for those tricks, you know, just like, you know, media in in general. So I think there needs to be a, a, a full on more of a transparency type of um, environment or, or more platforms that are a lot more transparent and really educate the consumer at the end of the day, what what those products and what those ingredients really do to you.
0: So one um, of the reasons why I've started, you know, and it's not always easy when someone like me is in the middle of three races and three funds basically kind of time management wise. But to me, one of the reasons why I decided to do this initiative of fireside chats with people like yourselves is to to put this up on social media and the internet so that people get consumers, especially get more and more better. Sorry. No, uh, not yeah, better informed and aware. Oh, like when I turned vegan, Early this year, it's been almost close to seven, eight months now. And one of the first things I remember somebody telling me is, Oh my god, Kunal, what's wrong with you? I'm like, huh? What? What happened? He's like, Are you serious? You're gonna be vegan? I'm like, uh-huh. What about vitamin D? <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, educate me. Why, yeah. why, why, why is that an issue? And and so you know they they're all these myths saying you have to have dairy for vitamin D. Right. You have to uh, eat meat for nutrition. And as you dive deep into it and you talk to experts and other professionals, you'll you find out and learn that it's that's not true. Mm-hmm. i'm I'm alive. I I don't um, as an I, I get my almond oat oat milk. So you know I wanted to ask you this, like for me personally speaking, clean labeling has to be a big, big focus of as we invest more and more in all protein.
1: Yeah.
0: In terms of educating. Uh, I remember last year, we were on the West Coast, and I told my cousin, I think I'm going to have the impossible. Like, no, you should not. I'm like, huh? Like, it was almost like, you know, like, almost like she could have probably hit me with something. Thankfully, there's nothing in her hand. I said, what? Uh, okay. Why? She's like, do you know what go- What all they put the kind of stuff in, 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 in that burger? I'm like, no, educate me. And these are the kind of things I feel, and maybe this has just been my experience. Like, so I wanted to kind of ask you, like, do you think clean labeling, to what extent do you think clean labeling should be a big focus of investment in all protein, like, and that space could actually, like, benefit from it? And if yes, how does, uh, you know, how do we educate consumers to use these products, consume these products more, Because if they don't, obviously, that has a detrimental impact, in my opinion, or a bit of an issue in terms of making this more and more accessible, successful in mainstream investing as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when I talk to mainstream investors, they have similar concerns.
1: Yeah. Well as far as clean label, obviously that's, that's kind of the goal right now, even with the products I've already launched, like they've, they've launched their products with, with their current ingredient list and everything else, but their, their next step or the next phase or 2.0 is, okay, we need to make this a clean level product. So as far as investing in, in kind of a company that's coming off, off, you know, from the get as a clean label product, what they're lacking is scalability and experience and kind of having gone through, you know the, the rigors of a one version that they really need to adjust. So exactly, you should be allowed to. The,
0: you, are not going to get it. Science never gets it right from day one. Exactly, it's a bit of an evolution process. Right, and I'm saying, why not be completely transparent and say, "This is what we're doing. This is how it is," mm-hmm. and let consumers decide, basically. Yeah. I,
1: I, exactly. Yeah. So that that's that's the one. That's the investment side. From the from the transparency side uh, on the consumer side. Like I said, there there is a lack of transparency overall in these products, and that's why when someone tells you don't don't eat something, they're getting that information from from a source that you know it, one is it's not completely true, and two there's no alternative to that. So there's not the ant the uh, the anti don't you know don't eat uh, beyond me. There needs to be some sort of education platform or a way that people can consume this in the right way and 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 make it a little bit more a lot more mainstream that's gonna ha- that's definitely gonna happen it's just gonna take time it's gonna take more of an emphasis of the education piece and a lot of this stuff just like if if i were to say this about cannabis so cannabis now it's it, it's maturing in the sense on the education piece education is always 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 a pillar of any cannabis product that's being launched right now when you talk to them how do you really uh attract a customer how what's the first thing is education yeah you know that's the first thing so i think for the food industry at least in the plant-based side that should be number one versus okay this is this is what uh what this product looks like this is what it tastes like you know like that's first and that's right now first and foremost but the education side of things really needs to kind of really happen in in that sense in order for people to to really make their own opinion at the end of the day and and be able to you know broadcast whatever message you want to broadcast after they have it do you think there's
0: uh, uh taking an ingredient tech approach to all protein would help all protein advance grow faster by saying okay not all products in all protein need to be an outright product play some are basically an uh, uh, like a As an investment, uh, a component of a larger product that helps that makes this product better. Yeah, like seaweed protein, for instance.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that that's exactly. So that's the other avenue that a lot of these companies to go through is. I mean, even
0: mushrooms. I'm I'm just spitballing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So coming in as as an ingredient versus a full on product itself, I think there definitely is a huge, huge functionality and opportunity there for sure because a lot of these foods all, all they're missing is one key step in order for it to 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 activate and work the way the way it normally would so that's why some of these ingredient companies that are coming or uh, sorry um these uh let's say let's say it's like a mushroom company or whatever else if they were able to really use their tech to solve a specific problem of like emulsification or uh reaction to something else I mean there is that opportunity to just use that and and plug it into a larger type of industry like or segment of an industry like ice cream or whatever else that people are trying to solve mm-hmm. yeah and that, there's definitely a lot of value in that um that's gonna come down to the 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 long it's a longer cycle time you need to convince bigger brands and bigger uh bigger uh, products like you know, like the Tysons of the world or, or whatever else to adopt it. And that takes a, l- a lot more time. So that's, that's, that's only crux of that, you know, that is an opportunity, but it's a longer cycle time. And it takes so much um, patent work and everything else to really get that off the ground and 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 get it there. But once you're there, I mean, it's, it's it's definitely an opportunity to, to definitely expand and scale a lot faster.
0: What would be the one trend in all protein of food? as medicine one thesis one th- investment team that you're most bullish or super excited about and you see trending basically um, so i mean i'm using this again so that to spread the word to investors kind of get them more excited as well
1: I don't know if it's one specific, sorry, specific trend. I think it's more the what I'm excited about is kind of just evolution of these products overall. You know, like, you know, clean label being one one priority. Um, you know, scalability and and kind of a, a more ethical type of sourcing is is another priority. Um, so I don't think it's one one specific trend. I think overall it's just the evolution of the products just in general. Um, mm. Just like the uh, it's like kind of the, the meat industry has, has evolved into a lot more smaller farms, you know, grass-fed and all those things. Like, they, they, they kind of were pushed in that direction mm. versus mass production of, of pork and, and, and beef. So, yeah, I think it's more kind of the, the overall evolution of, of those products coming through.
0: Do you, do you think investing in all protein could become mainstream investing in the next five years?
1: Um. I mean I, I would I would hope so given that i'm I'm definitely betting big on it um, but I, I do I do see um, you know the 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 segment of you know cell based growing and, and all that stuff really gaining some steam, at least some interest to the sense that okay, maybe these these uh, you know cell-based products are are also, you know better for the environment they might be a little bit healthier for you or they might fill in the gaps that maybe a, a fully plant-based product can't can't provide for you so um yes i mean i'm, I'm definitely hoping that that's going to be the case um, but you know that's the, the the best thing about the food world is like the variety of things that are coming through and i think people are really relying on on the technology and and again the evolution of these of these industries to to do better and 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 make good for everyone else
0: Hmm. What do you think is the biggest concern or the one reason that this industry could take more time to grow or the main concern for investors, basically?
1: Um, if I think the concern is if this action can, can be a mainstream product. Um, you know, when uh, we were just talking to, I just had a meeting a couple of hours ago and they were telling us about their uh their fully plant-based burger shop and everything else and they're like yeah people come up to the to the counter and they're about to order something and they realize it's plant-based and then they kind of get scared and they like they, they back out they they leave you know like they're, they're scared to, to to try something new and and all those things and and again it's very early on in the industry right now and it's gonna take some time for it to really become mainstream. And for investors, you know, they wanna return sooner rather than later, they want you to go public. And I think this is gonna definitely take a minute to to re, for people to recalibrate what they've been ingrained in their minds as far as what breakfast, lunch, and dinner looks like without a piece of meat or without whatever else as you kind of grow up. I mean, you know, 30, 40 years of, of, of eating you know, and, and your parents feeding you like these these square meals with with, with meat and chicken and these these uh, holidays in which you're supposed to have turkey and you're supposed to have pot roast and, uh, sorry, uh, rib roast and all those things, like, it's going to take some time. You know, people are going to miss the certain, like, when people turn vegan or they're flexitarian, like, well, I miss cheese or I miss that. Mm. Um, that's it's definitely going to take time. And I think for investors, you know, they need, they definitely need to be patient on this. And that's, that's kind of the 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 thing that really worries people. It's like, okay, when is that this actually going to be a mainstream thing?
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, this is, this has to be a long term play.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, is. <coughs> it is. Imagine not having, be able to do your grandma's, your family, family recipes, you know, that you do tradition, like it's a completely different thing. It's like, you know, it's ingrained into your family sometimes, like food is very personal in general. So like, how do you, how do you, how can you do that? How can you just put that personal aspect aside and then just go completely different? Um, So it's definitely gonna take time. It's definitely gonna take, you know, a generation I would say for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's, I think a lot has happened in the last five to 10 years in this space and i think clearly we're seeing signs of more and more investors coming in consumers becoming more aware mm-hmm. and i think we're kind of on the cusp of something really amazing and beautiful
1: yeah
0: and but at the end of the day i think there are certain concerns that i see also which kind of need to be addressed of how do you get this to be mainstream investing for investors mm-hmm. in terms of initiatives and awareness uh, education and even making it accessible much easily, much, much better for investors who want to be a part of this journey or this uh, revolution, basically. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I think, same, I would say, even look at consumers of consumerism saying, okay, we are in a bit of a financial recession, clearly, right now. It's an understatement, but yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's still a bit of a road. Map, still kind of a journey to get there to make these products of comparative right now. I think they probably go into the whole premium category, but i think and there are people who can i think say financially afford and say yeah i I'm, I want to spend more to do this, but I think at some point down the road, it's that you know i I get this sometimes by saying, Oh, I don't want to be vegan or I don't want to eat." i i'm not making that transition into all protein uh, because i think it's just for the rich and the famous who can afford it
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and i get the argument but i think we as a community in all protein need to do take more efforts conscious steps to kind of work make these products more affordable scale it up more and Clear a lot of myths, awareness, education around
1: this. Yeah, I think the affordability is definitely an an, an, an issue. Um, I mean
0: if you know, half the world is in Asia. Unless yeah. you make it affordable for them, it's not gonna happen, I think.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, affordability is definitely, definitely an issue. I still do also think that pe- you know people have been ingrained into, into thinking that uh, a plant-based burger is not going to be as tasty as a real burger. You know, like it just, you know, gives someone... Which is not you know, true. ...for exactly. free. you Any- give them, to them for free, they're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to like this, you know? Yeah. Or I'm not going to... It's not what I want, you know?
0: Yeah. This was good, Maria. Thank you so much for coming in
1: of course this and
0: is- yeah i mean would 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 love to do this more often and once you're probably in person once you're back in the city
1: yeah
0: um and separately i know you and me have been talking about uh the community building approach uh, would love yeah. to um you know i think there's there's room for bringing experts like you to work with collaborating a lot i would say a lot more especially in early stage because i, I was telling somebody else this morning as well Early stage investing is all about two things. The best compliment you can give an entrepreneur is time and money.
1: Time and money, yeah.
0: And at the end of the day, that's what an entrepreneur seeks. And an entrepreneur is constantly saying, the amount of time, I keep trying, I said, all protein has a huge climate impact, has a huge climate angle. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I don't think we have, as a society, luxury of kind of be like, "Hmm, let me, you know, I don't want to, kind of, let me wait and watch another 10 years. Maybe I'll do something else to address climate. And to each their own. There's no right and wrong. But I think this is, it takes a village to build a town. It's Mm -hmm. not just going to be like a few people and that's pretty much it.
1: Right. It's going to take all
0: of us to come together to get this right. And which means experts like yourselves, having you guys more involved with these startups to say, okay, they should, startups need not be spending a lot of time fundraising making it easier for them to raise money so mm-hmm. accessibility to accessibility for to them for them for money and once the round is closed then accessibility i like i always ask them who's your dream investor that you want to work with mm-hmm. so access accessibility to resources tools where they don't have to be spending months to find the right people to work with and i think taking away these pain points or if not taking it away entirely to a large a certain extent helps the entrepreneurs scale up faster mm-hmm. because there's 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 more than enough as it is that they have to kind of focus on to bring about this revolution okay. so there are certain ways to kind of shorten that life cycle of scalability from a distribution, manufacturing, co man, co pack, uh, branding, marketing, all of those, I think it, it only helps the community to grow faster and to showcase to investor that this is not some fly by rodeo kind of a side gig or something that is just, you know, just makes you feel good, but this is actually how mainstream investing can be do good for the society and make money in a competitive way at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. no exactly no i i definitely <laughs> totally agree with that um but yeah. yeah i mean i mean look we're we're excited to see where we're kind of the the industry the industry is going and kind of where the investments are kind of you know just happening and for us we're we're seeing investments you know basically in the uh on the on the sorry, on the product side of things, but also on the ingredient side of things, which is exciting and the sell base side of things as well. So like there's definitely room for all those things. And I think, you know, we can definitely cover a lot of those bases and, and really help, so.
0: Awesome. Thanks you know. so much, Mario. And uh, look forward to connecting again soon.
1: Yeah, please let me know if you need any help or anything like that. Connections, I'm more than happy to do that and helping, you know, helping just kind of down the road with the, with the fun. I think we should talk about that in a few weeks and kind of see where things are at.
0: Look forward. Thanks a lot. Stay safe out
1: there, Mario. You too. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.